Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. I am Skyblaze and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Well, I say Hidden Palace, but judging by the incursions that have been made recently by I Need Fruit and Kevin, clearly I need a better hiding place or improved security. Um, Kevin was in fact mocking me on Twitter by saying it's now the... Uh, Easy to find on Google Maps Palace, as opposed to the Hidden Palace. Yeah. Uh, yes, hello everyone. Uh, who have we got in the chat today? We've got my husband Greyfor is here, um, currently lounging in the other room. Uh, Resident SD, Doan, um, who I think I summoned by mentioning Dark Savior music. Uh, Nicholas Haman, Electric Boogaloo, Twinny, uh, Frost, Veritex. Ralph Sieg, I think, is around. Um, what else have we got? I think that's most, most people. Uh, Green Viper may or may not be around. It's hard to tell. Um, but yeah, I, I clearly need, like, you know, robots with lasers patrolling the Hidden Palace. I mean, Serga occasionally lounges on the Emerald, but what am I going to do about a dragon? Anyway... After the craziness of Opposites Week, as much fun as it was, uh, we're going to be instead looking at a different type of crazy. Specifically talking about crazy games. And I don't mean games which happen to be crazy, but the company that is called Crazy Games. Uh, they didn't main end up making that many games, but I'll talk a bit about the company itself first. <clears throat> They originally called Climax Graphics, which was a sister company to Climax Entertainment. They were led by Shinya Nishigaki, who was responsible for the writing, design and production of the Saturn game Dark Saviour, uh, which Doan is very familiar with. I should play it at some point, if I can get my Saturn working again, because it's being a pain. I guess I could try and play it on emulation, so there is now a reliable Saturn emulator. Anyway, uh, Shinya uh, Nishigaki had worked with 18 other staff to bring about their first game, which called Blue Stinger, which was originally designed to be a very cinematic-type experience. Starting in 1996 with pre-production, by 1997 full production was then started with the additional aid of Masaki Sagagawa, better known for his work on Dark Saviour and the manga Basilisk. Bluestinger was finally released in March 1999 as a launch title for the Dreamcast in Japan and then being published by Activision in September the same year. You play as Elliot Blade, who is vacationing with his friend Tim off the coast of a place called Dinosaur Island, a place which is called due to be a, being a suspected landing site for the meteor that was said to have wiped out the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. While enjoying some rest and recreation, Elliot notices something fall from the sky and hit the island, sealing it under a mysterious dome of energy, with Elliot being trapped on the inside of the dome and coming face to face with a glowing entity which has taken the shape of a good luck charm of Tim's. It's apparently a Nephilim. No, not the sort from Diablo 3. All the ones from uh, Bible-adjacent literature. On the route to investigate the course of the dome, 
he meets up with a, co uh, a local sea captain, Dogs Bower. Wow, that is one hell of a name, Dogs Bower. And together they discover monsters and other mutated creatures are now inhabiting the island. Uh, I did actually have a copy of Blue Stinger for the Dreamcast at one point, and I think I sold it because I didn't really get on with it. I mean, it's, it's okay as a game, it's a bit weird, but um, not quite my thing. It's fine, but not quite my thing, and I think I needed money at the time. Anyway, let's have some music. Uh, so, from Dark Saviour, uh, which was uh, the track that was requested by uh, Veritex. We've got Fast Moving Truck, Non-Stop Spark. And then from Blue Stinger, we've got the boss theme. So enjoy those, and I'll speak to you guys again after the break.
are back. And that was Blue Stinger Boss. And before that we had from Dark Saviour, Fast Moving Truck, Nonstop Spark, which was requested by Veritex. Uh, the chat is mostly talking about Dark Saviour and um, how difficult some of the levels were. Because it's an isometric view and you have to do like jumping and platforming segments. That can be very, very difficult in, uh, in an isometric viewpoint because it's very difficult to judge distance accurately. Uh, Vertex is also saying the Blue Stinger soundtrack is quite epic, yet they were um, going for uh, this, that cinematic feel and the, the soundtrack really reflects that. And yeah, I know my mouse clicks are really loud and I wish I could do something about it, but um, my, my mouse is like um, less than 10 inches away from my microphone. So it's very difficult to block out the noise of my mouse, which is sad. I also have a very loud keyboard, so you can you can hear me typing as well. If I do any typing while I'm uh, when I've got the microphone active, it's very annoying. But there's not a huge amount I can do about it, unfortunately. Now then, uh, let's talk about the Blue Stinger gameplay. Uh, the game feels um, a lot like Resident Evil in gameplay terms, although the tank controls, which Resident Evil fans will be familiar with, is replaced by a more free-flowing movement system in Blue Stinger. You can also switch between Elliot and Dog, with each character having their own strengths and weaknesses. Elliot is a faster character and more agile. He's able to carry short-range and long-range weapons at the same time, and he can also swim. Uh, Dog, on the other hand, is tougher, has more health, and can use more powerful weapons. As you encounter enemies, instead of looking at conserving ammo and running away from them, like you would often do in Resident Evil, uh, you want to beat them up, as they will drop money, which can then be used at numerous vending machines to purchase more weapons, ammo, and other useful consumables. Oh, and speaking of my mouse, uh, Greyforth just mentioned that he kills computer mice, uh, he's murdered at least uh, at least two of them. I think it might be three actually. Um, so we had to get a super durable mouse, so he wouldn't kill it. The trouble is that the, that super durable mouse is also really loud. Can't win really. I did have a quieter one, but arg, he murdered it. Where was I? Back to Blue Stinger. And Nicholas Amad saying, don't come near me please, my mouse is very old and fragile. I will keep him away from your mouse, Nick. It's fine. Don't worry. Oh yeah, and he also murders shoes. We have spent a fortune on shoes because he keeps destroying them. Which has come the, the, the joke that he's the destroyer of souls. S-O-L-E. Soul. Ha. Right, back to what I'm supposed to be talking about. Uh, the original design for Blue Stinger had a particular idea in mind when it came to how the camera was supposed to work. It would use a wide-angle view to showcase the environment and make uh, for a more cinematic feeling. Activision, for reasons best known to themselves, because Activision, demanded that this be changed for the Western release to what they decided to call the follow cam, which ended up uh, causing a lot of the negative reviews and criticism from players and uh, publications 
because it ended up making the game feel really claustrophobic and awkward. The voice acting appears to be all in English, even the Japanese version which had Japanese subtitles. The voice acting is still all in English. The voice acting isn't universally bad, but the lip sync was quite badly off. Uh, the character's mouth flap out of sequence from what is actually being said. This is not entirely unusual for the era, but it's odd that it's a problem when all of the voice acting is English and it was it seems to be a designed for an English vocal track. Uh. One other interesting thing that's worth mentioning, uh, according to Shinya Nishigaki, the actor beside, be, behind the voice of Elliot, Ryan Drummond, was apparently paid only $100 for his work. Now, if you're a Sega nerd like I am, and probably most of the people who are in the Discord chat, you will recognise that name as the same one that voiced Sonic in Sonic Adventure 1, which released in 1999, the same year as Blue Stinger. And geez, $100! And also considering that Ryan Drummond wasn't told that he was going to be uh, fired from voicing Sonic, he found out when he rang up to go, like, so when do you next need me in for the next game? And they're like, oh yeah, we replaced you. Classy, Sega! Nice one! Oh well. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, the, the chat is talking about how Greyfall shouldn't be allowed to touch things. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, um, I'm, 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 I prefer they. You probably just forgot, that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> Frost is referring to Greyfall as Shunicron. <laughs> awesome. Let's have some more music then, shall we? Uh, so, because I mentioned Resident Evil earlier, uh, let's have some music from Resident Evil Code Veronica, which came out on the Dreamcast. Uh, I don't know what this track is actually called, it's just listed as track number 23 in my list, which is kind of annoying. Uh, and after that we had a request from Electric Boogaloo, uh, The Maze of Kings Stage 1 intro. So enjoy those, and I'll speak to you guys after the music break.
And we are back. And that was Resident Evil Code Veronica track 23. And after that, we had The Maze of Kings stage one intro, which was requested by Electric Boogaloo. Right, um, now moving on to the game that actually inspired this episode, Illbleed. This game has developed a little bit of a cunt following and has quite a complicated history. It was designed by Shinya Nishigaki to be a B-movie survival horror game and production started in the year 2000 with a preview showcasing at the Tokyo Game Show in late 2000. It was assumed at the time that Sega would handle publishing of the Japanese release as they uh, had done with Blue Stinger. But Sega decided, for some reason, to let a third party publish it instead. The third party that was chosen was Jellico USA. But issues did not stop there, as at the time, Jellico USA's parent company, Jellico Limited, were suffering financial issues and were subsequently bought out by the Hong Kong group PCCW. This led to some of those who were part of Jellico USA to split off and form Amuse. Amusement Interface Associate, or AIA, and take Illbleed with them to continue with the publishing deal. During this time, Climax Graphics decided to change their name to Crazy Games in an effort to establish itself as a more independent developer from Climax Entertainment. Now comes the issue with timing. Recall when I mentioned that Sega announced that they were going to cease production of the Dreamcast? Well. Illbleed was finally re released in Japan on the 29th of March 2001, literally only days before the Dreamcast was finally discontinued on the 31st of March 2001. Oh boy, that's, that's unfortunate timing. Now to the game itself. In Illbleed, you initially play as Eriko Christie as he searches for uh, as she searches for her three missing friends. Last known to have visited a film director called Michael Reynolds, who was working on a new horror theater theme park called Illbleed. To entice people to visit the theme park, Michael Re Reynolds offered a prize of uh, one million one hundred million dollars to anyone who can get through the whole park alive. Amusingly, the North American release, there is a note that the prize money is in the game and not real life. Just in case someone decided that completing the game would win them a whole lot of real money. Because people are apparently that stupid. But yeah. I, I, that timing, man. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen some of the gameplay for Illbleed. I don't have a copy of it, but... Um, yeah. I'll, I'll talk a bit more about that later, but for now, let's have some more music. So, let's have something from Illbleed. Let's have Illbleed the Hunted. And then, because I'm on a bit of a Resident Evil kick today, apparently. Uh... Where's Red? Sorry, my. Mm. Right, from David L. Puga and Mike Eitman, uh, we've got Progeny of Fail Frail Humanity from OC Remix, which is Albert Wesker's theme. 
And before that, we're going to have Illbleed the Hunted. So, enjoy.
And we are back. And that was David L. Puga and Mark Eitman, Progeny of Frail Humanity, uh, from the Albert Wesker theme for Resident Evil, uh, from our friends over at OC Remix. And before that, we had Ill Bleed the Hunted. Uh, don't worry, there's going to be another track from the Ill Bleed's credit music, which is a lot more interesting later. So it's fine. Don't worry. So, a bit more about Ilbley's gameplay then. As you progress and rescue your friends, you can change to, over to them and use them as playable characters, similar to the way that you could with Blue Stinger. Uh, each character uh, will have their strengths and weaknesses, again, like Blue Stinger. Uh, gameplay has a number of interesting features which are centred around your senses. You'll see at the top of the screen a bar which is separated into sight, hearing, smell and sixth sense. A single line runs uh, through all sections. Each independent section will show some movement when you're in the proximity to an activity, which will often be something that will scare your characters when concerning sight, hearing and smell. Your sixth sense triggers when there is an item nearby. Each time you're scared or encounter an enemy, your heart rate will increase. If it goes too high, however, you'll faint. And if you're attacked, you stand a chance to start bleeding, which will slowly increase until treated. Bleed too much, and obviously, you'll die. To help you avoid most of these dangers, you can come across something called a horror monitor, which will let you scan the area from a first-person perspective and tag areas where an item or activity would occur. To use this takes adrenaline, which can be restored by defeating enemies and interacting with areas you marked with the horror monitor. You'll go through six levels, or movies, with a different horror theme in each area, the last being set in a toy store. Interestingly, one of the later levels see you going against a horror parody of Sonic called Zodic, who gets a Sega-themed musical sting when he's introduced. Alright then. And when he's saying faint instead of being inflicted with a heart attack. Yeah... Although technically what happens when your heart beats too fast and there's a couple of different things that can happen when that occurs and a heart attack isn't always the one that does. Because um, hearts are weird. Yeah, I live with a guy who had to be taken to hospital with a, a heart condition at one point and I had to bring him some stuff. That was a weird day because he was not that much older than me and I was still a student at the time, so it was like, uh, um, okay then. Humans are fleshy meat sacks. I would like my cyborg replacement body, please. Anyway. And yeah, uh, it was pointed out to me that I forgot to change the metadata that I, because I, I changed it to the Club Sega metadata last week and I forgot to change it back. Ah, I'm an idiot. Oh well. Right, let's have another track from Illbleed then. Uh, this one is from the credits music and it's called Time 2, number 2, Get Ill. Um, it's actually quite a decent tune, so I hope you enjoy that. And then to continue with the kind of spooky thing, along with the mention of Sonic, we've got from Sonic 06, Mephiles Phase 2. So enjoy those, and I will be back after the break for the Chip Tune Corner. Mm -hmm. 
Enjoy.
And we are back. And that was Sonic 06 Methylless Phase 2. And before that, we had Ill Bleed Time to Get Ill. Uh, the chat responded pretty positively to both of those, actually. Um, I was just saying on the Discord chat, uh, one of my favourite things about Methylless's theme, uh, particularly Phase 2, is the stereo effects. It sounds really awesome on headphones. And yeah, that uh, that Ill Bleed track, the, the credits music... Um, it's 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 pretty banger. It's pretty good, good tune. And Nicholas Aman saying that Ilbleed's composer Yukinori uh, Kichiki also pro uh, composed for Thirteen Senten Sentinels Aegis Rim. Um, and yeah, people were asking about the uh, the Sonic parody from Ilbleed, and I did post a picture of it. Uh, I'll see if I can get 20 to post it on social media. Um, if not, then I'll do it after the show. But, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> ah, the late 90s, early 2000s. What a time to be alive. Unlike Green Viper, who probably wasn't. Because he's a fetus. Anyway, kitchen corner then. Uh, so I Need Fruit covered a great modern chiptune artist you know, with Disaster Piece last week. Uh, so instead, I'm going to go back into the murky depths of time to look at an old school composer. Charles Deenan first got into creating music with computers at the age of only 13 when he wrote his own sound driver for the Commodore Pet. Holy crap. This is as bad as I Need Fruit creating a, uh, a a whole program in BASIC last week, which made me look like a complete clown. Thanks for that. Um, so from there, Charles Deenan got involved in the early demo scene, and from there met fellow composer Jerome Tell, who worked with on a number of titles, producing music for games like Double Dragon, Soldier of Light, and the first two Fallout games. And yes, I did just call Viper a fetus because he's like 12. Probably younger. Missing his friends in infant school during this terrible lockdown. He knows, and yeah, we roast him about how young he is all the time. It's only because I'm Radio Sega Grandma. Because I'm the oldest show host. So you may all get off my lawn. <sighs> Oh dear. Anyway, so let's have a track from Charles Deenan. Uh, now, if any of you are classic rock fans, or used to listen to, uh, used to watch rather, um, Formula One back when it was on the BBC, if you are in the UK, this track might sound familiar. So this is F1 Simulator by Charles Deenan. Let me know what you think and I will speak to you after the music break. Thank you. 
radio DJ decided to hide itself in the system tray for some reason. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Charles Dean and F1 Simulator, which, as you may be able to tell, used the music uh, that used to play in front of the Formula One broadcast for the BBC, also known as The Chain by Fleetwood Mac, or the very end of The Chain by Fleetwood Mac, uh, which is quite a good track. But yeah, that's a that's a great chiptune cover of it. Uh, it's, it's quite a good track, that one. Anyway... Uh, Electro Bigelow is saying, I wish I'd requested a Landstalker track since uh, Nishigaki devised the scenario, but there's only so much you can fit in an hour-long show anyway. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Um, but I spent long enough on researching the show as it is. If I had a longer show, I'd have to spend like twice as long doing the research, and who's got time for that? This show takes a really long time to, to put together sometimes, um, because of the amount of research I have to do. And if I'm doing something really obscure, tracking down the music takes forever. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Right, thanks everybody who tuned in today. Um, Electric Boogaloo, Frost, um, Greyfor, obviously, Resident SD, Ravsig, um, Nicholas Aman, Vertex, and anybody else who's been having a listen in. Uh, as usual, you can contact me with any ideas and requests for anything that you would like me to cover here on the Hidden Palace. Uh, I can be contacted through Twitter, where I'm at Blazing Skies, or you can reach me through Discord, where I am at Skyblaze on the Radio Sega Discord, or you can reach me through the Radio Sega Discord or Twitter. Uh, I've just been told that Saturday Night Sega is not playing today, which is a bit of a shame, but you can still tune in tomorrow for the LMC block and Rexy's Sega Mixer Drive. So, I've been Skyblaze, and this has been The Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Thanks everybody who's listened this week. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next week. If you've got any ideas, please let me know. Uh, one last track for tonight, since we have recently been graced by uh, Freen and Green. Uh, one of the, I'm going to play one of their tracks. Uh, so, from Free and Green, Unawakening Float, Generations Modern Style. Take care, everybody. Good night.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.